Ciao. Welcome to Healthcare Marketing Insights for the week of April 5, 2010. This is Chris Bevelo, president of Interval, the healthcare marketing firm that puts on the podcast. And I'm joined in studio today by Adam. Hi. Hello. Adam Meyer, design director at Interval. Is Ciao hello? I don't know. We're trying to, we try to come up with original introductions every podcast, which since we do this weekly, eventually we'll run out, don't you think? feel like maybe we have. <laughs> Especially if we're not sure we're even saying hello. We know it's Italian. Right. And that's my heritage, so I should know. Uh, but I don't. <clears throat> I can't use it in a sentence. Ciao, Adam. Have some spaghetti. <laughs> well, there's got, there've got to be a number of languages we have not yet explored. Yes. Still... How many languages and dialects are there in the world? Thousands. There's got to be. Well, not languages, but dialects. dialects. Right. Okay, so well, maybe maybe listeners could send in some suggestions. That would be nice. A little participatory audience maneuver. So we don't run out because we try to come up with them on the spur of the moment and it doesn't work very well, as you can tell. <laughs> All right, so uh, healthcare marketing. Let's talk about whack-a-mole. Did you ever play whack-a-mole? Yeah, at the fair, at the big, eat the big mallet and the... Is that the yeah. one you're talking about? It's a huge the hit. At, as the... you'll find, it's a huge hit at Chuck E. Cheese. Mm-hmm. Have you been to a Chuck E. Cheese, Adam? Not, well, yeah, a couple years, but I've been to one. You're going to get like a lifetime membership. <laughs> yeah, now that, I've, now that yeah. I'm a father. Yes. Yeah, not yet. I mean, you got a, you got a couple years yet. But yeah, Whack-A-Mole is pretty big at Chuck E. Cheese. We all know what Whack-A-Mole is, right? So I have to explain that game. So uh, we kind of invented that. I don't know if anybody else has used that. We're going to claim it here first. Actually, we had a, po- uh, a blog post on it two days ago. So officially March 30th, 30th, I believe, was the inaugural use of whack-a-mole marketing. And it's kind of in the spirit of another marketing term that we invented, left side of the menu marketing. Do you remember what that was? It's like, was it doing everything? No, it's actually the opposite. Doing nothing? So I think the the... I don't know if it's an analogy or a metaphor that we used was when you pull up to a drive through window at a fast food restaurant, the right side of the menu or where you find all the prepackaged kind of value meals where everything's mm-hmm. pulled together and it's yep. kind of thought through. Uh, and the other ones where you can order the left side is where you order individual things. Sure. And you see often in hospital marketing folks just doing an individual thing, you know, sure. because there's a, uh, discount on some kind of media or something else pops up and they're like, well, let's just do this one thing and they're not thinking strategically. So that's what we were calling left side of the menu marketing. So whack-a-mole marketing obviously is very related to that, but it's more about uh, kind of that reactive and I would almost say knee-jerk uh, kind of affliction that you see in in marketing teams uh, where, and it's usually not the marketing folks, at least that's my experience, uh, they are they are having to whack a mole because somebody else is responding to something that's come up right. this week, today, this morning, now, and oh my gosh, this has happened. We have to do this right, and so I think this has always been part of the scene with hospital marketing. And we've talked about it in different ways. We just haven't called it whack a mole, but uh, usually it's coming from leadership. It's coming from physicians. Uh, typical triggers have been competitor advertising. So, oh my gosh, I drove in and I saw this billboard. We need to have a billboard or we just won this award. So now we need to promote this award. 
uh, or so-and-so doctors miffed. We need to promote so-and-so doctor. But what's caught my attention over the past couple of weeks is this phenomenon. Phenomena. 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 Has been increasing, mm-hmm. I think. Well, that's... Do you, do you get a sense of that or... or well, it certainly hasn't been decreasing, put it that way. True. It's um, it's it, it seems ever present in our in our industry. Yes, and and probably to be fair, it happens in every industry. Correct, oh, for, undoubtedly. Uh, I I think it's part and parcel to more so in this industry, just because uh, leadership and organizations, as we've discussed, don't really know how to value marketing. So they're not sure how to think strategically about it, how to bio it. And so they do just think well, of it as a reactionary that, <clears throat> blunt tool. Right, right. And I, I, th- I think healthcare is one of those industries where the majority of the um, providers out there are, are in that, they're always in that reactive mode. There's, there's not, you don't see a lot of people <clears throat> trailblazing or being in that proactive mode. Um, whereas I think, I think you know, a number of other industries where it's all about being proactive. If you're not proactive, you're, you're done. Um, yeah. So I don't know. I mean, I, I'm certainly, I don't think it's unique to healthcare, but healthcare certainly is the poster child for being yes. <laughs> reactive yeah, I think when it so. comes to marketing and, and many other things. And, and I have a, I have a theory as to why it might be increasing and, and I have no way to prove this, but I think what may be driving this is the economic situation, uh, not just the U.S. economy, which we all know has been suffering, and how that's impacted healthcare. You combine that with uh, reimbursement rate pressures, uh, healthcare reform. Folks still aren't sure what that's going to do to hospitals, uh, but all of this is creating this incredible financial pressure on most hospitals and health systems. Not all of them, uh, and that just is sending leaders into almost a state of panic. I mean, I think there's so much that they don't know, so much that they're worried about, uh, and they're kind of losing grip on, you know, the ship and, and how to steer it correctly and are just almost in, rea- you know, more hyper mode, like, right. I'm not sure what to do. We should do this. We should do that. So I think that might be part of why we're seeing more of it. But but the problem with it is, A, it's not very effective. Whack-a-mole. I mean, when you play the game whack-a-mole, you know. You hit the mole like one out of ten times. I mean, that's the whole point. Is you're, right. You're constantly going where it was, not where it should be. Right. Or you're taking a wild shot in the dark thinking maybe it's maybe going to go there. Hole. And you often hit it more when you do that than when you try to actually chase right, it. Right, right. Unless you're like Jackie Chan or something and you can keep up with it. <laughs> but the, but the, so, so just the practice itself is not that effective from a marketing standpoint. But it also has this insidious side effect that the more you do it, the less time and money and energy you can spend on actual strategic marketing, right? So, so in, investing time and money and in, in thinking and process in trying to do something that will help six months, a year, two years mm-hmm. down the road. Well, the less of that you do, the more crisis you're going to face in the future, the more whack-a-mole you're going to be doing, and it's this self-fulfilling, vicious cycle, and I'm not sure how you break that cycle, especially when um, if you're facing financial pressures. But you know, when you've got a hospital that's tr- that's looking at quarterly volume targets and saying, you know, our general surgery volumes are down, we need those up by, you know, whatever June 30th. We need to run some advertising. You know, if your surgical volumes are down, 
that's because you didn't something wasn't done right a year ago. Physician relations, uh, communication, some other kind of marketing effort. You're not going to be able to affect it much by running consumer advertising now. But you're going to do that. You're going to divert mm-hmm. sources from, okay, well, how are we going to prevent this in the future? Uh, and, I, and I love this quote, and I'm going to give this. Well, I'm not going to credit who told me this because then he might get in trouble for repeating it. <laughs> but this was a friend of mine who uh, does strategic consulting from time to time, strategic planning. And he was working with a community hospital that was in financial straits. And he was working through strategic planning with them. And the CEO in the first meeting was getting frustrated and finally said, you know, we have a lot of problems now to deal with. We don't have time for thinking strategically, which to me just (laughs) sums up that whole attitude. You're always going to be behind the eight ball if you don't stop and think strategically. So I don't know what will break this this kind of vicious cycle uh, within organizations or as an industry. But uh, unfortunately, I don't see it decreasing. I actually think it's accelerating. It's very frustrating. Mm. So anyway, if people have thoughts on that, let us know. If they're suffering from, um, again, it's usually not the marketing folks that are wielding the stick. Is that what you have? You know, we haven't talked about the political correctness of the whack-a-mole game by itself. Is it in, in? Is it politically incorrect? Have to you whack ever? A mole? Well, have you ever heard any? You know, like Peter, anybody complain that the point of this game is to hit a, a mole with a stick? Peter, yeah, well, Peter, yeah, would be the only. Well, I'm sure there's like the National Society for the Protection of Moles and other underground <laughs> shrew-like creatures, whatever that acronym is. But when you stop and think, that's kind of kind of sad. I mean, well, moles aren't. Know. Well, moles are—they're—they're they're a pest too. They're rodents. Moles right? are people too. <laughs> they're just doing what they do. They're just doing mole-like things. They're tearing up your yard and your garden. What if there was a game called Kick the Cat, and your job was the cat would pop up and you would try to kick it? Do you think people would have a problem with that? Depends on what the cat was doing. Maybe it. Had I to think come that in. shows bias toward cats. <laughs> I like cats, so I, I'm not going to. I like cats too. I'm not going to, but I'm not going to lie. There have certainly been some cats that I wanted to kick. <laughs> wow! <laughs> if you want to say that on the air, I, I'm not saying I did it. I'm just saying. Well, if anybody has an issue with even the the concept behind whack a mole, <laughs> we'd love to hear that too. But certainly, if you're suffering from it, we we want to know how you're dealing with it within your organization, or if anybody has suggestions on how to break that cycle, because I think it's really tough to do. So let's move on to uh, another marketing healthcare marketing issue that I want to get your input on, Adam. Uh, we did a webinar this week uh, for Health Leaders Media called Beyond ROI. It was on marketing measurement and did it with Ted Blank from Hennepin County Medical Center. And I want to just throw out a thank you to Ted. He stepped in at the last second and did a phenomenal job. Uh, so it really went off well. And in, in this webinar, uh, Ted talked about a campaign from HCMC, and I talked about a campaign that we had done for St. Joseph's Hospital. And in both cases, we were discussing how do you measure the results from these campaigns? And in both cases, uh, microsites were used, campaign microsites. So uh, the campaign was directing people to a unique microsite with unique URL uh, and trying to get people engaged that way and then driving them on to the hospital mm-hmm. website. And one of the participants in the webinar asked what I thought was a really good question. Uh, he or she asked, you know, uh, do you feel like there's any danger in using an independent microsite in these type of situations? 
in directing people away from your hospital website or in the fact that people may come to remember the, the URL of the microsite and not remember or forget the URL of uh, the main hospital site. So I had some thoughts on that, but Adam, I know that's kind of right, right up your alley. So I wanted to ask, you know, what, you were, what would you think of that question? <clears throat> Well, it's it's a good question, and I think it's an, I think it's an issue that we have discussed um, probably every time we've ha- had a project for ourselves or a client that involved a microsite. It's mm-hmm. like you know, does it make sense to have? Is this something? Is this content appropriate for their website, um, or maybe not appropriate? But is is it best served to live within their website, or is it best served um, outside of their website? And anytime we've created a microsite, we concluded that it was best to live outside of the website for one reason or another. Um, you know, it, it really comes down to, to what, to what it is you're trying to promote. Um, you know, the St. Joseph's campaign is a good example of, uh, it considering the hospital has got a look and feel to its branded collateral. And it, it can be difficult to take a, take a campaign that it has like a movie theme and then make that work to make it work well within the structure right. of, um, uh, of a branded website. Um, and, you know, to the question of whether or not it's detrimental to have people remember a different URL other than your own, um, you know, especially as URLs are dirt cheap to register and to hold on to. So if they're going to, they're not going to remember your, your URL more than likely anyway. Right. They're not going to remember your hospital URL. Right. If you just got them to remember a different URL, which is serving as a conduit to get to your site or to, 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 have to your logo is going to more than likely be on this, on this microsite, um, obviously the content that is there is centered around your organization, even if it looks, you know, has a different look and feel. Um, but you've just done, I mean, that's awesome. If you just got them, they're not going to remember your URL, but you just got them to remember another URL right. that is serving as a conduit to get to your website, then you've just run a, a somewhat of a success, successful campaign to at least get that much through. Um, you know, I, I think we've, we've addressed, we've run into this question in other situations as well um, when it comes to social media. Do you create a, do you, you've got a campaign you're running. Does it make sense to create like a new Twitter account? or a new Facebook fan page for this particular campaign? And I think, uh, you know, sometimes, yes. Oftentimes, I think with that, we've come to the conclusion that, you know, it's, it's not necessarily going to make sense to do that here. Right. Um, where a microsite can be short-lived, um, it, could, it could live and then go away. Um, <clears throat> the whole point of social, of social media is that you develop a relationship or some kind of a connection that's going to be lasting. You don't want to create something that's going to go away in three months' time or a year's time. Um, you want them to be to become a fan of your hospital page, not not a fan of a, of a, of this this campaign page that you're not going to continue to update a year right. from now, or, or a Twitter account that's going to cease to have any kind of meaning in a year. Um, so there's definitely a difference there. Um, I, so you know, it's kind of I'd say the rule of thumb is most campaign efforts you're probably not going to want to create your own. Facebook page, Twitter page, but we you know when it comes to microsites, I just think that's a totally different ball game. Well, and I think I think you're dead on. And you know, actually, Ted had a great example of uh, a Facebook page that that had been county created that was unique, uh, and it was uh, what was it called? You you lose 
will you lose? I can't remember. We'll put it in the show notes. But it was it was really a uh, kind of a cause related deal because our state was facing budget shortfalls, and part of the way they were going to solve that was going to drastically cut uh, reimbursement for uh, folks without insurance. So hospitals like HCMC that are that really <clears throat> bear the brunt of those kind of patients would have just got financially crushed. Sure. So they created kind of a public awareness <clears throat> campaign around it that had a completely different face. And in fact, they, they didn't really want people thinking it was just HCMC. Sure, because yeah. They didn't want people thinking it was just about them. It wasn't just about right. them. Um, and so in that case, it, that it, makes sense. it makes a little more sense. Yep. Uh, and I think, you know, that also brings up a point that was interesting when Ted and I were both talking about our campaigns. In each case, uh, we had the philosophy in the bringing into this marketing strategy, whether it was St. Joe's or HCMC, that we didn't want the fact that these were hospitals to stop people from engaging the campaign. Right. Uh, and that kind of goes back to the Joe public doesn't care about your hospital uh, theme that we've talked about a lot on this podcast. But, but if, if you're driving people to the hospital website, uh, there's going to be a lot of people that just go, well, I don't. Whatever it is you're trying to get me to engage in, uh, I see where you're going now, and I don't want to know about a hospital. Right. Uh, it's kind of that theory of inbound marketing where you're trying to give them something compelling. Uh, in in Ted's case, the campaign was talking about uh, brain injury, and it was providing information on brain injuries. In ours, it was a more creative approach with the movie theme. But either case, you're trying to give something compelling to people, draw them in, and then they will lead themselves, if they want to, uh, to the <coughs> ultimate destination, which is right. the, the hospital. And if you try to force that, uh, by directing them immediately to the hospital, you're going to lose a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And I think another thing that's worth, uh, you know, of course, the reason uh, we were talking about the microsites is because you can measure. You can tie measurement to the campaign with a microsite. If you don't have a microsite and you just have people coming into your, uh, <clears throat> you know, to your main hospital website, it's really hard to distinguish. You can try to come up with some kind of distinct URL, uh, that you use mm-hmm. and that can work, you know, with online advertising, if it clicks through on that, you can tag, uh, you can try and print ads or TV ads to provide that. But again, unless people can click on it, I'm with you. I don't think people rarely, they don't write down URLs. They don't remember them. Most of the time they're either searching through Google yep. or some other search engine. The option comes up and they click on it or they're provided a click or a link some other place and right. they go to it. Right. Uh, they're not remembering the name of it and typing it in. In fact, we had a neat conversation on that a few weeks ago. Uh, I think it was some study that talked about what are the top Google hits. And you were kind of laughing that even on obvious ones like Google, you know, people aren't even typing in Google.com. They're searching Google. Right. And Google or something like was like mind warping. Uh, so even when the URL is so obvious that if you just typed it in, you're likely to guess right. People still don't do that. Right. They put it into a search field. And then when they come it comes up, they pick the one they want. Yep. yep. So I wouldn't worry so much about that, but that doesn't mean that it's not worth considering uh, each yeah. time because the know, situations I, can differ. Yeah, and I think there's other great examples of people who have <clears throat> used, uh, you know, who have used social networking outlets mainly. <clears throat> excuse me, social networking outlets such as uh, you know Facebook for for campaigns and have done it appropriately. And I, I think the the first one that comes to mind right now, just because it was recent, was PDP Cup. Who was that? Was that Fair Fairview? No, that was Health, health Partners. Health, health Partners yeah. who did that. 
Um, you know, in that sense, it kind of it made sense to have a face. You becoming you becoming a fan of PD Peacup, right? Um, and it's something that has been lasting. I mean, I think that I think they're still going. They're got, yeah. yeah, he's still going. So I mean, if it's something that's going to have legs, especially this long, um, in that case, it was a mascot. You're kind of becoming a fan of that mascot. Um, in those cases, you know, there certainly are times where it's going to make sense to have kind of a temporary presence within mm-hmm. some of those channels. Um, you know, and another reason that we didn't touch on yet about um, the, a benefit of microsites is pure SEO, search engine optimization. You know, the more inbound links you have coming to your website, the more um, relevant content that you've got out there, and the more you have your name out there in, 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 a, in a white hat kind of way um, in, terms of, in terms of SEO, the better. Right. So um, there, there's benefit to getting another, another, val- another real website with real content out there. Um, to, to provide a little more uh, link traffic for you. Okay. Good conversation. Thanks. See what, if others have different things to, to say on that. or, or I, You just see microsites used a lot, so I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I don't think it's an obvious yes or no. So let's finish up with ads we love or hate, depending if we get to the second <laughs> one, because I think there's a difference of opinion on the second one. But for sure, the first one, why don't you set that up, because you brought that to the table all right. Well, I just I just saw it the other day, although I think it's been out for a couple of months. Um, but it's Burger King, who has done. They've done an interesting job in repositioning themselves. Yeah. You know, I used to think of Burger King as, you know, kind of a McDonald's competitor, and, and they certainly are. But they're vying for. I think they're vying for a different market share now. You know, you've got McDonald's who, obviously, is targeting children because it's McDonald's on one families. Hand, yeah, yeah, on one yeah, hand, yeah. You know, they've got a clown for a for a mascot, their name is McDonald's, you know, which has become synonymous with this clown. Um, but Burger King is kind of, you know, they never really had that. So, you know, I used to think that, that they were this direct competitor with McDonald's in that sense for, for, for mind share. But now they've got the, the King, this who at first was just creepy as hell, right. that mascot. And there was like one commercial where he was laying in bed with somebody and they wake <laughs> up and turn over and there's this creepy King. Yeah. You know, so at first, but it's really grown on me. And I think it's grown on, people in, in, in our demographic who find that to be pretty You're, you're putting me pretty in your funny. demographic? Thank well, you. Well, I think, I think we have a lot of the same, <laughs> the same sense of humor. Psychographic. Psychographic. How about that? That's probably yeah. a, better, a better way to put it. Um, but, you know, you've got college kids think, yeah. see humor in that yeah. um, through, our, through our age. So, and I don't think, you know, with the exception of McDonald's, who's targeting, like with their new coffee commercials, you know, they're trying to compete with Starbucks and, and Caribou and whatnot. Yeah. On, on one hand, well, right. they, they are in the sense that they're saying don't spend five dollars right. on a cup of coffee. You're going to get a good cup of coffee here for a buck or whatever. Um, so describe the ad, okay? Because it supports so what you're the, talking back about. Back to the ad, yeah. yeah. I just wanted to set up the king a little bit. Yep. Um, the king, the king, and the McDonald's competition. But this this ad is great. It's the this the I'll call it the Burger King thief ad for lack of a better way to uh, title it. But it's it's basically the king. <clears throat> short ad. He's he like hops on his little crotch rocket or motorcycle and shoots down to McDonald's headquarters kind of in, in the middle of the night in disguise, kind of this uh, mission impossible kind of thing going on breaks into their file cabinet. And there's a big McDonald's logo over the, in the room. So, you know, it's McDonald's steals the plans for something and it ends up being the, like the recipe or the, the plans for their um, sausage biscuit, sausage McMuffin or something. McMuffin. Yeah. And, and it even says sausage and egg McMuffin yeah, right, it's on, right it. on the thing. McDonald's. So it's, it's, it's like, they're saying, okay, McDonald's does this. We're blatantly, well, and the king goes, the king kind of gives like a, oh, yeah. like, 
strat. Like this is, you know, they're <laughs> killing us with this. Yep. Kind of is what right, this right. Thing is. Yeah. So then at the end, basically the ad is because they're doing these exact same breakfast. They're like, <laughs> right. we are doing exactly what McDonald's does and yep. we're selling them for a buck. Right. So, but it was just great how they set it up because they're like totally yeah. playing it's, off McDonald's. The, the, the end tag says something like, Sausage biscuits from Burger King. Yeah, they're not that original, not but all, they're only yeah. a buck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just great. I just it, it made me laugh out loud. So well, that I'm glad you you set all that up because we hadn't talked about this beforehand. And you know, when you showed me that ad, my first thought was, I laughed, and I thought, you know, a I like it because it's authentic, it's irreverent. But then I started th- thinking the same thing you did, which was, Burger King's always, uh, yeah, it's a direct competitor of McDonald's and what they sell. But they've always been second fiddle or right, third fiddle, right, depending right. on Wendy's. Uh, and, and they've always struggled with trying to break three. You know, the, the biggest campaign they've probably been known for is the have it your way, mm-hmm. right? Where their whole point was, hey, McDonald's is the same everywhere. We'll make it how you want to make it. Yep. That didn't work. The charbroil thing, like Hardy's kind of did, that didn't really break through. And what they've settled on now is not about the product, you know, not about the service. It's about a, it's about a brand. It's yep, about an yep. attitude, which is counter to McDonald's. McDonald's is family. It's happy. It's light. You know, have, you know it's, it's, I'm loving it. It's always, you know, light and bright. And, and Burger King is like subversive. And, and that has nothing to do with the food. Right. But it has to do with psychographics. Yep. Yep. And I don't think I still would. I mean, we've talked about whether this stuff influences you or not. I don't think that I would go, no, you know, I'm cool. I'm going to go to Burger King. But I could definitely see teenagers, 20-somethings, who are like, McDonald's is like so mom and dad. Right. You're not catching me dead in there. But what's my alternative? Well, you know, Burger King is cool. and It's the same food and whatever. And they're totally dissing McDonald's. So that's cool. So not that people, again, would articulate this in their mind consciously, but... Uh, I think they're actually on to something that is sustainable and differentiating. They may not catch McDonald's. I don't think they have any hope in that. But they could grab this brand position and, and keep it. Yep. yep. So Hardy's tried a little bit of that. But again, it wasn't about the attitude. It was more about the food. Right. Like our food is so god-awful, unhealthy. <laughs> they actually, you know, like they had like that cheeseburger that was like 10 pounds. Oh, I can't yeah, remember what it was, yeah. but it had like eight patties. Or, it was ridiculously... Yeah, the big heart Artery attack. Clogging. They called it something that was like celebrating the fact it was horrific right. for you. <laughs> and so that was a little counter, but not necessarily to McDonald's, just counter to healthy. Um, but I don't know that that's sustainable. I don't know right. that there are people out there that would that are gravitating toward the, yeah, I want to like have heart attacks and you know clog my arteries. That's cool, maybe in some way. But uh, I think this route, if they can stick with it, is is... And I, do you think that that was the intent from the beginning with the king? Because I, in the beginning, I think the king was just a kind of irreverent dude. Yeah, and it wasn't all um, counterculture type. I, of, maybe I agree. just I don't think so. But I think I they, they, I think they maybe accidentally hit on something that they realized had some legs, had some serious potential. And I'm glad they've kept it because <laughs> they've done some pretty funny stuff with it. Yeah, I think if they kept going in this direction. <laughs> Uh, kind of the counter fast food happy kind of thing. I think they'd be in good shape. Mm-hmm. You know, be, w- for example, wouldn't it be great if they just got rid of kids' meals? If there was, some, I mean, so not just the advertising, but the product offering, and just had the king somehow like make fun of the kids' meals or something again to kind of say this ain't 
a family place. This is for cheap, tasty food, and we're different than McDonald's. And here's another way we're different because we don't got any Happy Meals. I imagine the king. I don't know. I imagine the king reenacting like the the, the scene from. Is it old school where Will Ferrell shoots himself in the neck with the uh, tranquilizer dart? And then he's like, <laughs> is, is pushing his way through the party. And you're seeing it through his vision. And he's just like pushing all these children out of the way by their heads. Right, right. That's I imagine. I imagine the king doing that. Just to get to his giant children. whopper. Yeah. Like, out of the way, kids. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe they wouldn't be able to give up that. That might be too far if they gave up family. Because they still get, I'm sure, a lot of business. Oh, I'm, sure. I'm sure. All right. Well, I think we better wrap it up. Because we're almost at half hour, so we won't go into the ad that we love and or hate. We'll save that one. We can save that one. So for Healthcare Marketing Insights, this is Chris Bevelo. Adam Meyer. And we will talk to you next time. See ya.